0: Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker.
1: Hey, what's up? Elk Shake Podcast, episode 6-5 with me, Dan the Fitness Man. Hey, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, it's always kind of uh, just astonishing to me that people would stop what they're doing and listen to what we have to say on this podcast, but for those that are new and checking us out for the first time, let me give you just the elevator pitch. Elk Shape is not about just working out so you can kill more elk. We use the lifestyle of Elk Shape to leverage everything. We leverage what time we wake up in the morning, when we train, how we prepare our meals, how we take care of our families as providers, also how we put the phones down and engage with our family. We take it to another level when it comes to what kind of employer or employee, all the discipline in our finances and our fitness, everything hand in hand revolves around elk hunting. That is our why. And that's what this podcast is all about. Yes, I'm gonna help you learn how to elk hunt faster and shorten that learning curve that kicked my ass for five years. Uh, we bring on some pretty cool guests, some no name guests. Uh, every once in a while, we'll bring on a big dog. but all in all, we're just bringing on ordinary people doing extraordinary things. So, thanks for tuning in. Shout outs. Got to give a shout out to our main sponsors delayed gratification, discipline, hard work, and being accountable to yourself. Also, uh, bringing on Siberian Coolers. They're a newer company to me out of Bozeman. Going to use them this year. Swapping them out for the less, uh, they're just less fluffy, less fancy, less media, less. Uh, marketing company like yeti they're just more like here's our cooler it's just as good it's just 25 percent less and then i'm going to knock another 10 percent off if you use discount code elk 2019 i'm rocking the alpha series the 85 quart gonna drop a youtube video on their coolers and uh show you what we're working with there so i know if you hunt out of state like i do you got to have somewhere to keep your meat cold so that's super important to me as well as your food if you're on the road as long as i am when you're out elk hunting uh, the other call to action is going to be FNX supplements. I switched from Mountain Ops, which also is another one of those companies. They're great, but they're very good at marketing. And uh, I think we just have different angles on hunting. So I'm more of that blue collar, public land, do-it-yourself style. So if you want to check out FNX, use the discount code Elkshape. Save yourself 15%. I take the Rebalance greens, the multivitamin, the krill oil, their refuel wave. That's it on that. Uh, University Elk Hunting with Corey Jacobson. You ever heard of Corey? Yeah, he's an amazing elk hunter. He created an awesome University Elk Hunting online program that you can cut the learning curve. I think it's important for not only veterans but rookies and you mediocre elk hunters. Everybody in between, someone like me definitely takes it to the next level when you get to read through. You're always learning something. I'm doing the course right now. It's awesome. So uh, discount code Elkshape and get yourself 20% off that. As far as what's new and exciting, hey, registration is opened up for Elk Shape Camp. Um, I'm recording this ahead of time, so I'm hoping it's sold out because I have a lot of cool stuff planned for those 40 athletes. Everything from tuning to archery technique, train to hunt challenge course, a private course with the founder, Train to Hunt. Uh, We're going over how to break down elk, how to call in elk, your nutrition, your fitness, your discipline, and even your finances. We're covering all that. In Spokane, Washington, June 21st to the 23rd. Registration, you can find it on my Instagram, at Elkshape or at Elkshape.com. That's all we have to cover on the business side of things. Today, we're bringing on a gal named Alicia out of Montana. She's a serious huntress, uh, not one of those fake ones, putting animals down. She eats organically. She's really nerdy on nutrition, does CrossFit, really fun, high-energy girl to bring on and I just enjoyed this conversation we cover a lot of cool stuff so check this one out and if you guys uh like the podcast do one of those reviews tell your friends that's most important that's the the biggest compliment you could ever give me is tell your friends about this podcast we think we're different we strive to be different and we strive to be better all right take care y'all Shape podcast with me Dan the fitness man today talking with a Montana native I believe her name is Alicia Zemlika. how are you I'm great. How are you? Oh, really good. It's Friday. Um, Spring is here. Now, you're going shed hunting right after this, right?
2: I am. I'm hitting the road right after. (laughs) I got my bags packed.
1: Are you guys going out for the whole weekend?
2: Yeah. um, We're going to actually, we're going to park. We'll take our four-wheelers down and then park. And then we're going to take, if we can get into where we need to go, it's supposed to be pretty muddy. Um, It'll be about a 15-mile four-wheeler ride. And then from there, We'll hike, you know, hopefully put on – my goals 15 miles a day. We'll see.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. That's awesome. And you guys had uh, quite a bit of snow in the late sprint uh, or I guess in the, the back half of winter like we did or did you – are you guys cool?
2: Yeah, we actually had I think – Um, a record year ever in the history of Montana for moisture in February yep
1: same here so (laughs) all all my spots are screwed and yes I know where are we gonna go my wife was like I I was like hey can I shed hunt whitetail locally today and she uh she was like absolutely not you uh you're gonna go bear hunting soon and and once you go you won't stop so (laughs) you're here doing honeydews today so when I'm done you go shed hunt, I'll go help my wife with ship lap. How's that sound? Uh,
2: that's amazing. <laughs> Husband of the Year award.
1: <laughs> no, not even close, so that's what I got going on today. um pretty stoked about getting out and doing some spring bear hunting. Do you guys do a lot of bear hunting too?
2: yeah, um, funny story. I figured we'd get to this at some point, but um two years ago, wait, three years ago, I shot my first spring bear and um I was walking up to it. It was upside down. I thought I would got him, and I was walking up to him, and he rolled over and (laughs) charged me, and I ended up shooting him about five feet away from me in the head. Um, So I haven't gone since then, but my goal is to, (laughs) once you get bucked off, you got to get back on, right? So I really got to conquer that fear. (laughs)
1: Dude, that is traumatic. I have never had that happen. Oh, my gosh. It
2: was... It was scary. Uh, my husband, all I could see out of my peripheral was him running the other way. And he's like, well, you had the gun. I was like, true.
1: <laughs> the only story I have close to that is I, I shot this spring bear. Uh, he's actually my biggest bear I've ever killed. The backstory story is I, I had cameras out. And I, from what I could conclude, he killed one of two little cubs that this sow had. And she was coming into this bait and they were coming in like regular. And then that night only one of the cubs showed up by himself and he was like looking every direction, scared to death. And I'm like, where's your mom? And he, uh, he went to the bait and this was just about last light. He went to the bait and like started to grab a snack and then just bolted up the mountain. And I was like, um, I wonder if something big's coming in and sure enough this (laughs) giant bear for Idaho, my biggest bear, rolls in, it's getting pretty dark. Thought I made a pretty good shot. And maybe been a little fur- further back than I wanted, like liver. So I get down and I go pick up my arrow and I look and the bear's like 20 yards away up against the tree. Just <sighs> kind of like I don't know suffering or just I don't know what sick and I just pull my bow back really fast. I had an arrow on And I've never done this before, but I pulled my bow back so hard, so fast that I knocked the strings off the cams (sighs) and I didn't know that. And so when I fired, my bow just makes this like dry fire sound. The bow blows up, the arrow goes one foot in front of me and falls and the bear starts charging and I'm like, (sighs) grab my bow to like hit him with it. That's all I had. I didn't have a handgun or anything and luckily he just turned at the last second and it was traumatic, dude. I ended up getting that, it. It was traumatic. I ended up getting that bear, and it at that t-
2: point, you didn't have a weapon. You were like, um,
1: <laughs> yeah, it, bad move. But I mean, it can. Yeah, you got to get back on the horse, and uh, yeah, that's cool. I, of it. I love when women hunt bears, especially my um, stepmom. She's closer to my age than my dad's age. My dad married a lady. Gosh. 20 years younger than him he's a stud but uh (laughs) she's so she's like my friend and my stepmom she killed a giant last year and it's the most like we still give her a pretty bad time so she we usually do spot and stock most of the spring but we do run baits and I haven't killed a bear off bait since that bear I just told you which was about five years ago so how uh, many bears have you killed um, I don't know the answer to that. Um, Ooh, a lot. <laughs> yeah, uh, at least 15, probably. Wow, You can that's kill crazy. two bears in Idaho. I usually kill two in the spring every year. It starts to add up. So but, that's a uh, that's a pretty big passion for you. Well, what else is there? Turkeys? I mean, um, yeah. <laughs> shed hunting is, I'll take it or leave it. I used it as an excuse to scout for bears. Killed enough turkeys. Um, might get back into it because my kids are starting to get old enough to where I'd like to take them yeah. out. Yeah. But bears is just, I mean, you're hunting with a bow. You're using broadheads. You're out in the mountains. You might pick up some brown.
2: And you're Uh, pretty scared. You're like, okay, I'm in bear country. Yeah. Um."
1: (laughs) But I love bears. I think they're fascinating animals. Gosh, I just think they're incredible. They're omnivores. They can live off just about anything. And they really don't eat a lot of meat. And the meat that they do get is a lot of times in the spring off calves. So I feel like it's my duty as an elk hunter to really try to keep the bear population at bay, which is almost impossible in the yeah. country where we hunt. But the my mother-in-law doesn't really uh, participate a whole lot in the baiting, which is a lot of work. And she doesn't pick bait sites. And, and I don't know. My dad was supposed to go out that night. He's like, no, nah, you go, Andrea. And so she rolls up to the spot. She didn't even park the four-wheeler and hike in. She drove the four-wheeler almost to the bait site, like 100 yards off of it. And like at 4.30 in the afternoon, I never see big bears show up in the daylight. Like on bait sites, they're usually like last light. Uh, That's how they get so mature. And they circle about seven times to check all the wind. But this bear rolls up and just goes right to the bait, 4.30 in the afternoon. She goes to shoot it. Her gun jams. And by the way, she's like – resting her gun on the four-wheeler um her gun jams she messes around with that shoots the bear in the neck 100 yards drops it it tumbles off the, the edge and so when I get back to my four-wheeler I ride up to meet her and she's like yeah I've been tagged out for like four hours but I can't move this bear and I'm what? like what and so we roll over there and we like literally between her and I and she's a crossfitter so and she's she's competed like She's not an average CrossFitter. She's been on our team where we went to the CrossFit games and competed as a team. So she's like, she's super strong.
2: That's incredible.
1: We can't move this bear. It's, It's that big. And so basically we tied a winch to it and we helped lift it up the mountain and we broke the winch. We broke the shocks on the four wheeler and how
2: many pounds was this thing?
1: We didn't, we didn't weigh it, but I know it's like way close to three fifty to 400. <gasps> I mean, it, it was a giant and she, she hunted for like 15 minutes. So that's, <laughs> that's awesome. That's bear hunting for you. So tell us the story of this bear. Like where, what were you doing?
2: Yeah. So we went out into the, um, public land mountain range up here and we hiked in, we drove up the mountain hiked hiking about a quarter of a mile, sat down on this Rock start glassy. My husband's like, got one. I'm like, already? Oh, okay, like where? He shows me it's in like this avalanche chute, like four miles away. It's like dark. We're like getting close to dark. And I'm like, Are we gonna go after that? He's like, yeah, we're gonna like I'm like, oh my god, here we go. Okay. <laughs> so we sprinted across this mountain range and up this avalanche chute to get where he was and we get in bow range or in I had a rifle, I hadn't I wasn't gonna bow hunt one yet. Get up to where the bear is. And I'm like nervous as all could be because I'm like, okay, there was just a bear right here. I know he's here somewhere and he pops up about uh, 50 yards in front of us. And I was like, oh, my God, there he is. And I shot him and I didn't I I hit him a little back. And so that's when I was walking up to him. And then, oh, 20 feet away from me, he rolls over and just charges me. Like I hit him in the head, the first bullet and then the next five or four, I don't know where they hit, but not him. <laughs> but I, I mean, I sat down and I was like, you said this was going to be fun. Uh, this was not fun. <laughs> like, uh, but since then, uh, that was, that was a, I'd like to do it again. I'm recovered.
1: When you and your husband first met, were you a hunter or did you get into hunting with through him? how that happen?
2: No. Yeah, so I grew up in um, eastern Montana. On uh, my grandparents had a little farm, and my uncle was always taking us out hunting. And so I grew up around hunting. um, And then I went into the military right out of high school, and really got into guns. So then I became a pretty avid rifle hunter. Um, And then I started bow hunting about seven years ago. So the the day I met my husband was um, I started archery league with three of my girlfriends. And he was there. And then I started at his CrossFit gym. Um, I'd kind of outgrown my other one and needed a little more competition. So I started at his CrossFit gym, and he whooped my butt. And I was like, who is this old, bald guy that's beating me at these workouts? And now he's out shooting me at Archery League. And... (laughs) It wasn't like a love at first sight thing, (laughs) but um, we became best friends, and so seeing each other at Archery League, um, we'd go shed hunting on the weekends, we were doing everything together, and like, no, we're not going to date, we're just friends, and well, we're married.
1: (laughs) That's awesome. So you guys kind of met through CrossFit.
2: Yeah, CrossFit, and I I always say CrossFit and hunting, because it was like the same exact week Archery League started that... um, I joined their CrossFit gym. And him and his group of friends, there's like um, Jason Haig. He's a really good friend. He's one of our best shooters in the state. Um, And my husband's really good too, Lucas. And then um, a couple of our other buddies, they helped me so much with my shooting. And I went from getting like fives on the target to getting like super excited about getting eights. And then the next year, it's like no more eights, only tens. And then like this last year, I was getting 12s almost every night. So it's just really good to put yourself with good people who like to help you and help you improve. Well, and since then, I think I've killed over a dozen animals with my bow.
1: That is so refreshing to hear somebody who's putting their fitness to use in the mountains, getting their own meat, using archery tackle, getting some animals under their belt, and not going on Instagram and posting pictures of your ass and trying to get a bunch <laughs> of sponsors. I just, uh, I think a lot of people are... Getting pretty fed up with that. The, the these little uh, there's guys, but there's a lot of girls too that are. getting – There's a lot
2: of girls that do that. that do you that. just have to bite your tongue and keep scrolling.
1: <laughs> Scroll on. So, what archery shop? Let's give a shout out to or where you're doing your leagues at.
2: Yeah, so here in Bozeman, we go to Big Sky Archery. It's uh, we live kind of out. I don't know if you know the Bozeman area. Should come down sometime though. But um, we're just kind of west of Bozeman, kind of out oh, 10 miles from like in town Bozeman. it's kind of nice little community out there in four corners
1: okay okay where's uh three forks um four corners sorry four corners okay yeah
2: it's it's just um like west of where the main i guess you'd call downtown bozeman is
1: right gotcha no i would love to visit bozeman again i alicia and i my wife have camped up in highlight canyon and it's amazing up there and now we love that area it's awesome yeah um it's pretty. It's getting pretty popular. Got some good friends. That, two good friends that just moved there. Ryan oh, Lampers, awesome. um, AKA Stealthy Hunter, and Willie Schmidt of Pure Hunting. I love Willie. <laughs> yeah, mad props to Willie. One of the coolest guys I've ever met. Um, Me too. <laughs> so genuine and down to earth. So I think he's getting into CrossFit.
2: He is at our gym. That's how I met him. Oh, okay. So you're at Highlight. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Highlight cool. CrossFit. Yeah. So he just kind of got – I had a talk with the wilderness athlete guys last week and they sent me some stuff to try and I'm really excited to take it out shed hunting this weekend.
1: What are you going to take?
2: Probably that Hydrate and Recover.
1: Awesome. Yeah, that was – that's a good product. I used to take that. Um, And then what's the other one that they're – is it Alert? Focus something. and energize, or oh, something like focus that. Focus and energize. Okay, which, which, yeah. I'm be curious to see your thoughts, but 15, yeah. 15 miles a day is. That sounds about right. If you start hiking and you just hike all day and don't stop much, like we just got back from shed hunting New Mexico. Uh, can't say where because my buddy who took us would be mad. But
2: I know so, I would never say either.
1: <laughs> exactly, but honestly, shed hunting in New Mexico. I've hunted New Mexico a couple times. It's a cakewalk compared to shed hunting in like Idaho, uh, especially yeah. northern. Idaho. Is that where
2: you and your wife were just at?
1: Yeah, I saw yeah. you guys pick some cool. Yeah, so we were picking up a couple of browns, but it was still a little early. Uh, but we, I did, I went one day. I picked up probably oh thirty pounds, and not Whoa. all browns, but some. And I gave them to my buddy because he sells them and stuff. So we we did that, and I looked at my maps, and I had done about fifteen miles. Nice. And, you know, we were at 10,000 feet, so it was it was, it was was a little harder. But, I mean, this is literally my favorite form of exercise.
2: Me too. I love it.
1: And you burn so many calories when you're yeah. in that steady state, that low energy system. I mean, you're oxidative, you're uh, the fat-burning zone, if you mm-hmm. will. Well, because
2: and- you're going up hills, going down hills, going uphill. It's like you're winded, going up this hill, and then gas, but... Thanks to CrossFit, you're recovered after two minutes and then keep on going. It's just constantly sweating.
1: (laughs) Oh, I know. And it's awesome. Staying hydrated is important. Um, When you guys shed hunt, are you finding most of your sheds like through glassing, open hillsides or meadows? Or are you like zigzagging bedding areas? Where do you think you pick up the most bone?
2: You know, I don't really, especially this time of year and with a winter like what we just had, I won't probably bother too much with bedding areas like north-facing slopes just because there was so much snow, I doubt anything was in there. So, yeah, I'll find a high spot and just glass um, south-facing slopes where, you know, the grass would start to come up sooner, where the sun burns off the snow first. Um, And just I find probably (laughs) 80% of mine through glass um, I rarely just like walk up on one. I have before, but not usually.
1: That's awesome. I I'm in the same boat. Like, except for New Mexico, I was zigzagging bedding areas. Uh, but yeah, but, but. that
2: area looks so cool. Like little cedars everywhere. Everywhere, right? Like,
1: hmm It's so easy. Kind of gotta walk. It's seriously. Do you ever watch
2: shed hunting on YouTube? The what's the guy's called? They're always like, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> well, oh. I call them? The thank you guys. Uh -uh. You ever
1: watch that? No. Who are they?
2: Um, I'd have to look it up on my Instagram, but um, they go through areas like that. And I'm like, you would just literally have to walk behind every single tree. That's what I
1: was doing. I was just zigzagging canyons. And that's where I was finding. And I was finding a lot of sheds from last year and the year before, not chalk, but just good whites. And I was doing that just by zigzagging. My buddy Jason did pick up one brown about 150 yards from the truck right when we got out. And I thought he staged it because it was a brown. I'm like, no way. Uh, but, you know, you get lucky like that. But, it you know, once you pick up your first shed, it gives you so much more momentum for the day versus oh yeah, not picking up any. Do you guys sell your horns or do you guys keep them?
2: You know, a little bit of both. So I own a spa here in Bozeman called 406 Massage and Spa, and it's pretty – rustic so i like have a shed chandelier and i have a european elk over the fireplace and so we do keep some of them especially if we find some big ones but we'll sell majority of what we find and then that's kind of like our traveling money to get us recouped for we go out every weekend for like six or eight weekends we'll take some three-day weekends and we put a lot of time in
1: that is so cool so you guys how long have you been married
2: two years this coming august
1: Obviously, no kids uh, in the picture, so I would advise (laughs) you to keep that on the back burner as long as possible.
2: Yeah, I know. We're actually talking about that and thinking that might be a fun new path to go down, but um, it's It's hard because it's so fun. Our life that we live is absolutely perfect, and uh, not that it wouldn't be with kids. It's just different.
1: (laughs) It is, and and I'm enjoying being a parent. The older they get, we're starting to be able to do some things, but, man, it's really – it is hard. I'm not going to lie to you, but uh, tell us a little bit about Lucas. I haven't uh, ever really met him, but I've definitely been on Instagram enough to follow him. And yeah, he's pretty much he, a badass. I think he's going to be.
2: Yeah, he's going to be so embarrassed because I I talk so highly of him. I've never met someone so humble who is so good at hunting. That man. I mean, if he finds a bull, he wants to kill. I bet you ninety eight percent he is gonna kill that bull. He, I've learned so much from him. He's so smart when it comes to hunting, and I don't know. He's you're into CrossFit too. He is a gifted human. That he's like never sore, never injured. He wins like every workout at our gym. I <laughs> mean, and he's thirty nine, and I'm thirty one, so he's quite a bit older than me. He is just a workhorse. Uh, he's awesome um I can't even tell you how many I think he's killed I hope I don't butcher this I think he's killed 25 bulls with his bow and consistently for 15 years in a row in Montana wow
1: that's awesome
2: yeah he is a hunt he's good
1: that's cool and he's hunting you know public land all that kind of stuff I'm gonna have I'm gonna have to get him on here um yeah yeah he's We're real similar in that I'm 37. Um, Yeah, you guys are. (laughs) I love CrossFit. I've killed exactly the same amount of bulls with a bow. He sounds like the real deal. So having a mentor like that is huge. What did you learn? Like what were the biggest things you learned early on, not only shooting but hunting
2: under his mentorship? You know, just to – I kind of was always cautious and slow like oh my god slow down be careful like um or oh there's a there's an elk I should probably go after it maybe should I go down this draw or should I go I mean maybe should I do that and I would question myself a ton and he's like "Shit or get off the pot like make a decision let's go let's go like and so making me it was so funny when I killed my bull this year I was all by myself. and Well, my uncle was with me, but he wasn't. Um, he's been hunting his whole life, but this was his first time archery hunting elk. Um, so he was learning, to, And he shot a cow the night before, his first ever archery elk. So proud of him. And uh, so we're going in the next morning, and this bull, we're walking around this tree to get his cow. And all of a sudden, I see this bull a 1,000 yards ahead, and I'm like, oh, my God there's a the bull. Okay. Um, okay. What would Lucas do? So, uh, turn your radio off, uh, take your pack off. Okay. Now what would Lucas do next? And it was so funny. I was just through my head. I'm like, what would Lucas do? And I was just like, this is what he would do. This is what he would do. This is what he would do. And I kept, kept myself calm. The bull got below me and I could tell he's looking for his cows. And I cow called two times and he came right up the draw. I was in and I was like, Oh my God, this is going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> And he came out behind the cedar at 45 yards, and I whistled, and I shot him perfect. My husband always tells me, aim small, miss small, aim small, miss small, and I was thinking that in my head, and I smoked him, and I watched him tipped over, and I was like, he would have been so proud of me, and at that moment, I was like, I wish you were right there with me, <laughs> but I did it, <laughs> so it was
1: cool. Wow, that, your, and that was your first bull
2: Nope, that was my, that's my second bull with a bow. I got a spike last year on our honeymoon, (laughs) Uh and um, I've shot in multiple cows and deer and turkey and um, cow elk, but yeah, never, that was a, it was a, my bull scored about 310. He's really cool. He's got some extra stuff going on and had bale twine stuck on his I don't know where he got that, but it was cool.
1: That's awesome. So you are still an avid hunter. Um, You're going to get ready for this year. What are you doing now to make sure you're going to be ready for basically elk hunting season in the fall?
2: Yeah. I always – this is kind of my – I don't know what I would call it, but I say this to everyone. I train hard or I eat good so I can train hard. I eat good elk meat every day so I can train really hard at the gym. And I train really hard at the gym so that I can get up that mountain or run two miles in front of that bull or whatever I need to do so I can hunt hard. And I hunt hard so I can eat good, so I can perform good in the gym. And it's a circle of life that it just fuels my fire. And so getting my nutrition – I dialed in my nutrition about two years ago. I hired myself a nutritional coach, um, and it worked really well. I won um, four of my CrossFit competitions last summer and uh, have gotten better at everything in life with that. And so keeping my nutrition dialed in, keep training hard at the gym, I think I'm going to be set for a really good fall.
1: That's pretty cool. Well, let's dive in. So how did you – you went military, and then all of a sudden you found CrossFit – Um, give us a little bit of background on how you found CrossFit, what your experience was like kind of first few days of CrossFit, first few weeks, and then where you're at now, like your journey. Uh, We're going to talk about CrossFit. So if you guys don't want to hear about it, go ahead and turn it down. But we're going to talk about it (laughs) because the shit works. And that's why I do it. If there was something better, I'd I'd be doing that. So let's hear it.
2: Yeah. Um, Okay. So nutrition. starting with CrossFit, I moved to Bozeman – Gosh, I think it's been five years ago now, six years ago now. Um, And my friend had just opened her very first CrossFit gym. And I was just a massage therapist. Um, And she's like, well, put your massage studio in my CrossFit gym. And I was like, okay. So I started CrossFit also. And I remember watching everyone pick up these – it was squat cleans. And I was like, oh, that looks easy. Uh, No, it's not. (laughs) Um, And I remember doing an empty bar and, like, falling forward – like um, dropping the bar on the ground, it clanked. I was like, oh my God, I'm never coming back and doing this again. But everyone was so encouraging and so helpful. And I would say I was hooked after one week because the people, it was the community that kept me coming back. And then after a couple months, you start getting like really good at like the workouts and the movements. And once you start learning how to cycle a barbell, things just kind of came naturally to me. And I think uh, three months after I started CrossFit, I won like a scaled competition, and that really fired me up. And so, I hit it hard. I mean, I would say for the last four years, I train one or t- once or twice a day, five days a week, maybe even a little more sometimes. Wow! And then, um, then I learned what recovery was. <laughs> mm-hmm. I kind of hit a plateau a couple years ago, and I just wasn't getting any better. But I was doing like two metcons a day. Well, then I found that, you know, just doing like strength training and, um, working on the movements that you're not good at. Like I've never been real awesome at pull-ups. I'm kind of a powerhouse. I'm really strong and I can move a lot of weight and I can cycle a barbell like no one's business, but I'm not as good at like pull-ups and handstand push-ups. Upper body strength is a little weak. So I just took time to work on all that stuff. And, um, I was only working out like once a day and then doing accessory work. And man, I started to see improvements again. And I was hitting like, I think last year, I kind of developed a patellar tendonitis. And at my best, I finally hit 225 on a squat clean, which is pretty good for around here. And I was back squatting over 300 and just killing it. But (laughs) this patellar tendonitis has slowed me down a little bit because I was stubborn and didn't quit when I needed to. Well, that's cool
1: that you recognized like... Less can be more when done right. Um, I think a lot of CrossFitters can go through that um, once they kind of start to get the movements down and they start seeing the results. You just want to pile on more volume. And if you go back to kind of CrossFit doctrine, it's intensity over volume. So that means more of an effort, shorter duration versus a lot of just working out. And it's not very comfortable to do intense workouts and to do what is called accessory and skill work for those listeners, it's more or less just kind of isolating specific weaknesses. For example, say you're weak on gymnastics. Maybe you don't have great, quote, relative strength. So you can move a barbell. Gosh, you probably move a barbell more than some of the guys listening, like squat cleaning two and a quarter, squatting over 300. I mean those are some really good numbers. What do you weigh, by the way?
2: Um, Right now I'm sitting at about just a little under 160. Yeah, so so you're super strong pound for
1: pound, which is awesome. Um, But to do the gymnastics stuff, you know, that's relative body strength and um, a lot of women especially, you know, will be at a disadvantage early on. So it's just carving out time to work on the hollow body position, the gymnastics where you can transfer some of that skill over to a strict handstand hold or a strict pull-up and then you'll see some kipping stuff on the internet but a lot of that stuff is down the road we really don't want our athletes doing anything kipping with their hips until they can perform things strict like a strict handstand a strict pull-up make sure your regular push-ups are are really strong and you're durable throughout your midline and the thing I like about Cross vitalicia is that it's there's always something you can be working on you never really truly get bored there's no rut no it's, and that to me is why i keep coming back because it's just yeah. every day is different and there's a new stimulus and it just doesn't get old because i can get no. bored really easy with the traditional bodybuilding i used to do in my early 20s
2: yeah it's fun it's always changing and um yeah it's you're never gonna win crossfit you're never gonna beat it it's never gonna happen <laughs>
1: No doubt. So you, you, you buckled down, you got serious about competing, which I have been there before. I am not serious about competing anymore. I'm at a different place, um, being a dad, but I still get after it. You know, I still train really hard. I just, I think I'm a little smarter with my time economy. I still still
2: killing it. What's your fran time? Oh gosh.
1: I don't know. It's under three minutes, (laughs) but I don't want to do it. It's it'd be under three minutes, but I don't want
2: to do it. That's right. I just looked this morning. I was like, I wonder if he's going to ask me that. I looked, mine was 251. And I remember that day I beat my husband and I, ne- I beat him maybe if there's like heavy squatting, I might beat him and that's it. <laughs> but I beat him on that Friday and he's like, what? I thought you were one round behind me. I was like, no, no, oh. <laughs> I beat you. Uh, but
1: yeah fran's yeah. a very famous crossfit workout is like what we were talking about earlier it's very short and intense it's if, if fran's on the menu you're really not doing much else that day you're going to do that and then try not to die yeah. when, when done properly <laughs> it's involves thrusters and pull-ups which at uh, the elk shape camp i introduced everybody to thrusters And, uh, I don't know if they appreciate that, but I, I could only pick a handful of movements to show them. And you bet your ass thruster was up there. Like that's, that's (laughs) one of the movements that you got to learn. Um, so when you were doing CrossFit competitively, you decided to hire a nutritionist. I find that fascinating. What were the early chinks in your nutrition that were fixed?
2: You know, overeating. Uh Um, I've always been a thick girl. I wouldn't say I'm like, I'm like I'm just thick and broad and stout and firm, like I'm just a brick house. Um, but I, like you said, that's really hard with gymnastic movements and like, that's a lot of weight to pull up. So I really wanted to lean out a little bit, but yet keep my performance high, which everybody wants that, right? Everyone wants to <laughs> look good, but yet still be able to perform good. So I was overeating a ton and I had no idea at the time what macros were. I'm like, what's macros? What is that? So I learned about proteins, fats, and carbs and why why you track them, um, what they do for your body and when to have them. So I felt like I was starving to death the first probably month I was on. And I went over a lot of my macros. My coach would be like, what are you doing? What did you do here? How come you went 60 carbs over? (laughs) Like, I was starving. But once your body gets used to not having, I think – Just in society, how it is nowadays, it's so easy to overload on macros and not even know, or on um, carbs, sorry, carbs and fats and not even know. Um, So although I was eating meat three times a day, I was so low on my protein and so high on my carbs and fats. Um, Fats is so easy to just blow out of the water. Like you sit down and eat a bag of sunflower seeds while you're hiking and you already doubled what you were supposed to have for the day. Yeah. Just, so just being aware to start reading labels was huge for me. Like just read everything before you – and pre and plan ahead. So that was my biggest challenge up front was like <laughs> I was so used to eating so much food and kind of whatever I wanted, even though I thought it was good. Um, that, that was a big change and eye-opener.
1: That's pretty cool. So when a nutritionist worked with you, I imagine they immediately had you start – tracking what you were you were recording what you were eating
2: yeah yep and that's when I found how unbelievably far over I was going every day
1: yeah that's I mean that's like where everybody should start if you're looking at tweaking your nutrition the first thing you want to do is go ahead and just track what you're doing if you're not measuring it you can't manage it and it starts with just Being honest and writing down everything you eat, that's the first thing I'll have athletes do is give me a three-day food journal. I give them zero advice. I'm like, do what you're doing but write down everything that you put in your mouth including drinks and I have them time stamp it just to kind of get a pulse on what are they doing and um, once they start to understand the whole macronutrient, protein, carb, fat and kind of how to balance those out because you said it so good – Carbs and fat are readily available, but getting enough protein is pretty challenging once you start to track it and learn, well, what your requirements are for your goals. So where did you start with your prescription with your nutritionist on your macros uh, once she kind of got you lined out?
2: Um, So she didn't do like a huge cut right away. I think that my prescription at that time which was two years ago. I could be a little off. I think I was at 240 carbs, um, 150 protein, and maybe 70 fat. Okay. Which was great for my goal at the time. My goal was performance. Um, so, and it worked. <laughs> but I, I mean, I continue. I put 15 pounds on um, of muscle, but still, that's a lot of weight to throw around on a ring muscle up. <laughs> so. Yeah.
1: Yep. One thing that we do, because we run a nutrition program at our gym with a dietitian, and so she helps build the the meal plans. We have a nutrition coach that works under the dietitian. The the hardest thing that we uh, face when it comes to people wanting to manipulate their body composition usually just they want to lose fat is we don't want to starve them, and so we try to build them up some muscle, like you just said, like. If you could work with us for three months and put on 15 pounds of muscle, that is so awesome for us because now we can get you on a a calorie-restrictive diet. We can cut some calories out, but you've added this muscle that's going to really ramp up your metabolism and burn a lot of calories throughout the day without you knowing it. But if you come to us and you don't have those 15 pounds of muscle that your body needs, you're not taking in enough protein. We really don't want to restrict you, so we have to beg our clients to be really patient with us for the first couple months, while we kind of revamp their metabolism and add some, you know, increase the size of their skeletal lean mass. Um, yeah. Was that was that tough for you those first few months gaining all that muscle? Um, did you know the big picture, or were you just kind of going <laughs> off of trust? How did that? work? Yeah,
2: I think I was going off a of trust at that point. I I was always like, "Are you sure? Are you sure?" Like, and so um, definitely a lot of trust. And that was when I was fairly new to nutrition. Looking back, I should have known. But yeah, lots of trust.
1: <laughs> so you really like jacked your metabolism up, increased your probably overall strength and tone, and gaining those fifteen pounds. Then you probably started adding. Um, I'm sorry, restricting your calories bringing your macros down a little bit and then i bet the results just really poured in how was that
2: that was good because then i could see a difference in my body because then at that point i think my carbs went down to 204 my protein actually went up to 160 Mm -hmm. and then my fats i think stayed about the same so i want to say i put 55 pounds on my back squat in six months um yeah. Which maybe has a little bit to do with my—I hit it hard. Maybe a little bit to do with my patellar tendonitis, and I was just trying to squat more than my husband, <laughs> and I was being stubborn. But uh, so yeah, and then once I cut that back, then I could see the change in my body, and I was like, "Oh, do you see that little side ab right there?" Like I could like in the morning when you wake up, you're like all nice and dehydrated. You're like, "Whoa!" <laughs> but took some time. <laughs>
1: that's pretty cool. So, let's get practical for people listening that actually want to get something out of this. Like, so you said it you wanted to like start preparing your food and planning it and that really helped you. Can we can you give us some ideas of the things that you eat for breakfast or the foods that you make and take with you cuz you're busy. You're you own your own spa, you do nutrition coaching, you're a crossfitter, you're married, you hunt, you shed hunt like you planning your food is critical. What are you eating? Give us some advice.
2: Yeah. Um, so I like to do, I mean, um, whole foods are great. So breakfasts, um, you can't go wrong with eggs, throw in some veggies in your eggs. Um, I do five, <laughs> I do five egg whites in one whole egg most mornings. And I'll throw spinach mushrooms, peppers, and then like this morning I added a little extra because I knew I was going to be driving for a long time today. So I threw um, three ounces of elk steak in my eggs also. So I like loaded up on the protein this morning. Uh, A lot of times for my snacks, just depending on how booked out I am, sometimes if all I can get in is a protein shake and a banana, that's what I'll do for a snack. Um, But I like to do, I'll do like a can of tuna um, with some curry powder in it and I um, we'll throw mustard in it cause that's kind of free for all. Um, and snacks, I like to do chicken breasts on rice cakes, lunches. I don't do salads. Those I just never feel full. So a lot of times I'll cook up, I'll bake broccoli, peppers, um, mushrooms and put a six ounce elk steak on it or six ounces of elk burger with taco seasoning in it and use some, that, some plain Greek yogurt tastes like tacos, <laughs> And then dinner time is game meat every day for us too. A lot of times before my workout, I'll have a piece of fruit also.
1: Okay, so okay. post workout, what does that look like?
2: Post workout, I do big dinners. Um, that's I think we've probably all heard that get get most of your car you know majority of your carbs for the day after your workout. So we eat lots of sweet potatoes. Um, sometimes I make these little flatbread pizzas. Um, I try to do a lot of whole food, but sometimes they splurge and get those. <laughs> things in there but a lot of times it's meat vegetables and sweet potatoes
1: so super whole foods a rainbow a day things that come out of the ground off trees things that you would find in the perimeter of a grocery store these are all quality ingredients when you're talking about preparing do you do it every day or do you do like meal prep on the weekends for, uh and if so what what does that look like
2: Yeah, we, um, just depending on the time of year, so now it's shed hunting season, so we won't be here, we won't do it on the weekends, I'll usually do it on Monday nights, Um, but during the winter, every Sunday, I would take two or three hours to do all my meal prepping, and I'll grill up 12 elk burgers, and cook up six chicken breasts, and four elk steaks, and then I have all that meat readily available. And then I'll bake a whole sheet of broccoli. And my husband doesn't like broccoli, which maybe we need to work on that. But (laughs) um, So he'll eat peas. um, And then so I prep cook all the vegetables as well. And then usually get us through about Thursday. After Thursday, you kind of want to make fresh veggies again (laughs) because they get a little iffy. But, um, yeah, he likes to have rice in his lunch every day. I just would prefer other carbs for my Uh, macros. I'm on a cut right now. So I'm only getting 135 carbs a day right now. So I don't get rice in my lunch. (laughs) But yeah, so we cook it all up. And then it's readily available. We will hard boiled eggs and then make a big bowl of scrambled eggs. And all you have to do is take a scoop out in the morning and microwave it. Um, We like convenience. So (laughs) things have to be fast for us.
1: Well, it's not convenient. What you're doing takes discipline. But if you were to truly go and eat off convenience, albeit gas station, gut gut rot or fast food, it's convenient, but it's terrible nutrition. You're going to feel terrible. What you're talking about is vitality. Eating all these wild game and and vegetables and whole foods is probably making you a more productive human being. And like we talk about on this podcast, it's literally enabling you to be the best version of yourself throughout the day with your interactions with all your clients, your friends, and even your workouts. Yeah. I think that's huge. I want to segue into two things, Alicia. The first one is I want to talk about what you do, what you offer, your services. And also I want to get into nutrition when it comes – hunting season, and what what preparations you do ahead of time so you're eating clean on the mountain. So what services do you provide?
2: Yeah, so I'm a nutritional coach. Everyone's service is kind of based off of what their goals are. You can't just really say this is exactly what I do. So um, I'll give a few examples. I have a few clients who want me to plan out their whole entire month of meals. Like tell me exactly what to eat every single day and I will do it. So those ones that's a a lot of work. Um, So I calculate their macros based off of what their goal is and then I sit down and I make meals for every single day of the month so they know exactly what they need to eat. Um, And then my most common clients look like someone who want to check in once a week. So I will calculate their macros based on their goal. um, And there's a whole bunch of different things that go into what that number looks like and how you get that outcome, which I'm sure you know. But um, then it's being an accountability coach. I'm going to be on your ass to make sure that you are sticking to the plan because we're going to get you to your goal. And in order to get you to your goal, we need to keep you on track. So if someone's having a hard time meeting their macros they um, shoot me a text or an email and be like, "Man, every single day, all I have left at night is protein." So we try to, I try to work with them to come to a solution to the problem. Or they don't even know it, but oh, see your two sodas you had every day for the last two weeks—that's why your carbs are going over every day. Like, let's substitute those with, you know, those uh, sparkling waters. Um, There's always a solution to a problem. We just got to figure it out. And then I do offer a once a month check in as well. Um, That's for people who are already doing really well on their own. And they kind of just need someone to make sure their macros are where they need to be. And if they have questions, they can reach out.
1: Yeah, I like that. Change is hard. You have to leave your old life for the new life. It can be very difficult. And a lot of what you do is psychology. You're digging in on people and and, and kind of like what triggers them to eat food for comfort or to eat food to make them feel better or out of boredom. There's a lot of just poor habits centered around food. And Mm -hmm. food is literally a drug. Food is medicine. Food can make you feel well. Food can make you feel poorly. It can affect how you feel about yourself and, in, and all those things in your life. So you really are like a therapist, a counselor, <laughs> kind of a yeah. psychologist. Um, there's a lot of stuff that goes behind the
2: scenes. And there I, and is. Everything even just t- making people slow down, like eat slower so your body can recognize when it's trying to tell you it's full. Because if you pile in a plate full of food in four minutes, like you're, you haven't even recognized that you ate yet.
1: I couldn't agree more. And honestly, when it comes to nutrition – Yes, the education is important, but I would say the accountability is the majority of what people need, and that's what you're offering, so that's pretty exciting. I have
2: a nutritional coach myself myself still because I I need someone to hold me accountable.
1: Yeah, you know, that's so cool you said that. I have an archery coach. I've killed (laughs) a lot of animals with bows. I've shot bows for so long, but I'm so serious about my archery craft that I have a coach because I'm not an expert archer. I'm not, I'm not on that level. Like I want to get better and I'm probably better than a lot of people, but I still need a coach. And I think that's cool to hear someone who not only gives the services and provides the education, but is constantly learning and being held accountable themselves. You walk down the road, you walk the talk. uh, You're going to be a great coach. I think that's awesome. Oh, thank you. I think it is. I think it's special. So what are you doing for like, What's in your backpack for, like, an elk hunt, whether it be a day hunt or several days in the field? What kind of foods are you throwing down the hatch?
2: Yeah, so I just packed my backpack last night. Um, and granted, I'll be camping every night, so we'll have a camp. So, um, But we don't bring a grill in. So we use a jet boil for our meals at night because those are so nice and small. That's what I really like about those. They don't, they don't take up a ton of room. So we'll do um, – I don't particularly love one brand of um, those meals that you just add the boiling water to. I'm not really sure what the genre of that would be called, but the mountain house meal is the most common one, but um, there's all sorts of different brands. So I get a good one of those with a lot of protein in it at night because during the day, most of the snacks that keep you going throughout the day have a lot of carbs and fat because that's what we get our energy from. So. I usually am lacking protein pretty good by the time evening rolls around. So I try to watch the label on those, get one with more protein than carbs, because I'm already pretty overloaded with carbs by the time evening comes. So I do jerky sticks. I do, I like the cliff bars, the original cliff bar versus the newer, the builders, only because the builders are coated in chocolate and that melts in a hot hunting pack. Mm -hmm. So that's frustrating when you're like so excited for your bar and you have to like lick the wrapper because like half of it's on there (laughs) so um I do a lot of those I did um those little gel cliff gel packs um I'm trying to think of what else I put in there I need to look at my photo but yeah lots of snack type foods and I always pack a peanut butter and jelly sandwich that's like my weakness when I'm out there (laughs) that's my secret that's my secret weapon is a peanut butter and jelly sandwich
1: definitely mm-hmm. love that. I love adding bacon to those sandwiches too. That sounds weird. Oh my weird, gosh.
2: But. My mind just blew up. Like that sounds so incredible. I can't wait to try that.
1: Yeah. Just cook your bacon up and throw it on your pb and J. I didn't invent that, but that's something that I've always done. Um, nice. I hate oh. mountain house macronutrient ratios. Like um, <sighs> they're so bad. Like a lot of their foods could literally like, I think they might kill people because of the, right. the, the macros are so jacked. I did uh, kind of went on a quest to find, company that i really liked so i tried uh heather's choice i thought they were really good oh yeah i just
2: i just heard about them okay good to know
1: i thought they were expensive uh, more expensive but i mean obviously you pay for what you get and then yeah what i settled in on was off-grid food co this guy's out of washington state and his macronutrients are literally right in my wheelhouse for what i'm looking for so what's
2: this called again
1: off-grid food co yeah, nice. I would check them out. Um look at the macros. I think you'd be really impressed. And then I mean, we're talking um bison chili. We're talking quail. Oh. Like quail is one of the protein sources. Um nice. and it's delicious. And then their breakfast, all their macros though are so legitimate compared to say like Mountain House. And Yeah, so- Mountain
2: House is they they're tough. Um another thing I was going to throw in there was fruit. I always put fruit. Not like bananas cuz they squish, but like apples or hard pears. Hard fruit, I guess that's a good word to use. Um, And then nuts. Do you make your own trail mix? Um, I did this weekend. I got some curry, um, coconut curry cashews, and then threw some sesame sticks in there and some plain almonds and made myself a little, so then you got some carbs and some good fat.
1: Okay, that's cool. I I think that's, we've touched on it. I think people are getting that picture. Like it's just, again, comes down to disciplining yourself ahead of time. And you won't bonk as bad. You'll feel better. You'll cover more miles. You'll recover faster between hunts. And that's really where I put my feather in my cap is my recovery between days of hunting is I feel like I, because I'm eating clean and I'm getting a good night's sleep for most of the nights, I'm, I'm hitting every day as hard as the first, even in yeah. the back end of those 10 day grinder hunts, day yeah. 10 hitting Ugh. it is just as hard as day one. And oh that's man. That's a huge advantage.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'll let you know how this goes, but I threw some, I had some gummy melatonin at my house and I threw a couple of, the, cause we never sleep good in a tent, right? Like it just isn't, mm-hmm. you hear everything. So I'm going to take a couple of those little gummy melatonins and you know, you're just on a sleeping pad, not a great pillow. So we'll see how I might sleep a little better. I'm kind of excited to try it.
1: <laughs> oh, that's a great idea. Um, it's a better option than like Tylenol PM or something, right. a little right. melatonin or whatever. Um, I like that. I take a I take a protein powder. It's called Retire. It's from F and X Supplements. It's got a little bit of uh, melatonin and some other goodies to help you kind of sleep. And it's a it's a in protein, so it breaks down Thanks. a little slower. And I don't that's always like a take. Option. Yeah, but that's a good option for when you're in the backcountry. Yep. So I, I guess I want to end um kind of talking a little bit about your hunting pedigree as a lady out there <laughs> living in Montana. You're you're bow hunting. You've put down a dozen animals. That's pretty exciting. What is your favorite wild game to eat? Elk. Really?
2: Yep. Yeah. Well, okay. Depends. I like antelope breakfast sausage. Oh. So, antelope you know, breakfast sausage because it's tougher and it's like the perfect consistency, but elk for every day. I eat elk. I'm not even lying. Six days a week.
1: Same here. Um, so. Antelope-wise, like... How many antelope are you guys killing to be able to have enough to make breakfast sausage? Because I say that I only, I usually kill one antelope a year and I like, I try to make as much steak out of antelope. Antelope's probably my favorite wild game meat. Um, How many antelope are you guys, does it take to make breakfast sausage in enough quantity?
2: Yeah, usually I'll use one whole antelope for breakfast sausage and then one for steaks and burger. Okay. So um, the last two years though, the year before last, my husband did his antelope hunting trip. But we do every year, Um, me, Jason, Kylie, and Lucas, we go out east and hunt antelope for like a week. And I didn't get to go that time because that was his bachelor party, which was fine. So I didn't get an antelope that year. Um, I tried, but gosh, you know, those are hard with a bow. Um, But then last year, I missed a couple. So I didn't get one last year either. But he gets one every year because he is just gifted like that. So we at least have one a year, but... If we get an extra, that's just icing on the cake. Now, do the
1: antelope you guys kill are they are they at all near agriculture or are they like strictly eating like desert sage and stuff like that?
2: No, we use we we hunt block management ranches, so yeah, there's cattle and stuff. Okay,
1: because
2: I've noticed a difference in certain antelope. Like so
1: I've killed some desert ones that just pretty sagey. I still like them, but. The ones I've been killing lately have been hitting agriculture, mainly alfalfa, and I'm Mm -hmm. telling you, it is the most tender, delicious meat out there. We had it for dinner last night. It's just mind-blowing, but antelope's good. Well, do you guys play the, the points game in other states, or you guys just hunt Montana exclusively?
2: You know, I just hunt Montana exclusively. Uh, My husband killed a really nice bull three years ago in um, Wyoming um, and then came back to Montana and killed another bull. So he does the out-of-state tag um, points, Um, but my dad just moved to Arizona, so we might do that. Uh, But we, I don't know, we're just always so busy here with hunting that it's, you just got to really be good at one place.
1: Definitely. So I got to meet your husband. Him and I are going to be like we're kindred spirits. We would be friends. <laughs> we would be buddies for sure. He sounds like my people. Um so let him know I want to get him on here. Awesome. Um and then what where can people learn more about you on you as far as social and your website?
2: Yeah, so my website, my uh I didn't um I didn't anticipate to get um so busy so fast with Ivory. I thought this would my Ivory nutrition. I thought it'd be just a fun little side gig and i am finding so much joy and passion with this that i just want to blow it up so ivory nutrition um on facebook and instagram is where you can find me um the website will be live in the next week or two um and that's where you can find a lot of content so before and after pictures and you can sign up for our emailing list and yeah
1: that's cool. So I got to throw down with you guys and do a workout one of these days. Um, I know. <laughs> we're, we're talking about doing, um, I'm not sure exactly the details, but there's, Ryan Lampers might be working on some sort of camp in Bozeman and I may be coming over. So if I do, nice. I'll hit you up. We'll nice. Go, we'll go if throw down. If you need down. a
2: CrossFit gym, let me know. We got a big one.
1: Yeah, definitely. I I, I love doing that and I love working out with uh, hunters, especially uh, just because we all kind of have the same why behind our training, and uh, it's just yeah. it's just really fun to feed off that energy. That's cool. Well, and we'll, remind
2: me real quick, when's your next camp? We're gonna try to come.
1: Okay, so the next camp is um, June twenty first, twenty second, twenty third. Uh, it's going to be at Spokane Valley Archery and CrossFit Spokane Valley. So it's in the valley here in Spokane. We're bumping it up to forty athletes, and the registration link goes live April fifth. And I do think it'll sell out because. We kind of made it even better. So I still have the same subject matter experts, you know, Dirk Durham, the bugler. Uh, Jason Phelps is helping out with uh, the calls and stuff. And then uh, Ryan Lampert, Stealthy Hunter's coming over. And then um, my archery coach himself, my guru guy, Josh Jones, he owns Spokane Valley Archery. He's pretty much the sleeping giant of the whole thing. He's going to break <laughs> everybody down on their technique, teach them how to yes. tune bows and how to work on their own bows, uh, and even go over third axis and all that stuff. But then my buddy, Tr- uh, Kenton, from Train to Hunt, I'm hiring him. He's setting nice. up a private Train to Hunt course for just our attendees, and he's going to p- take people through that Train to Hunt course and coach them on how to do better or perfect practice. And so yeah. should be a sweet. sweet event. So if you guys do yes. make it out, let me know. That would be awesome
2: yeah, we'll grab a group of people. I'm sure we can get a lot.
1: That'll be cool. That'll be cool. Well, thanks for your time. Go shed hunt, go get some brown yes. gold and thank um, you, Dan. <laughs> I will no, are you on Instagram because I gotta make sure I'm following you so I can see. Yeah,
2: so um my ivory nutrition is as well as Alicia Zemlika.
1: Okay, so maybe I already follow you. I probably
2: I think you do, actually. Yep. I saw... I think well, I on one of them, I'm not sure. I have so many accounts, I'm like, oh my gosh
1: little entrepreneur at heart (laughs) no it's cool and like what you just said there like it was a side hustle but then it just is taking over you want to blow it up you just all the. that's how elk shape is for me like it starts as a side hustle but oh really i love the intersection of fitness and bow hunting and all the good things that could come out of it it's just like i love doing these podcasts when else would i get a chance to talk to alicia for an hour You know what I mean? And get to know you. Like, it's such a good excuse for me to meet awesome people that are like minded. So I appreciate your time, Alicia.
2: Yeah. Thank you, Dan.
1: Awesome. Well, good luck and tell Lucas hello for me.
2: I will. Thanks so much. All
1: right. We'll talk soon.
2: (laughs) Kate, bye bye. Bye.